Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Sam, Marcy, Sarah, and Kim, and we are four women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. Releasing the shame around your struggles is hard work, especially if you feel alone. And so we wanted to create this podcast as a way to unite women of all ages, from all locations, all sizes and shapes, and really just want to invite you to sit at our table. Come as you are. Health and fitness is for everybody. And we're here to remind you that you belong, you matter, you are brave, you are capable, you are deserving of success. Maybe right now you don't truly believe those things, and that's okay. When we first got started, we didn't either. But we promise that each episode, we will show up vulnerably. We want you to realize your potential and the truth of who you really are. We will help you step into success and acknowledge that the power already lies within you. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic table together. Hey, everybody. So glad you could be here with us on the Decades of Strength. It is Kim talking here first. And with me, I have Sam, Samantha Altieri, aka Salty Lifts, (laughs) and the lovely Marcy Nevin, who I actually sometimes get distracted looking at her because her skin is so perfect. And I just stare and think, (laughs) how does anybody have such perfect skin? Best compliment (laughs) of my life. (laughs) And in the background, you can hear laughing the queen bee herself. We have Miss Sarah Duff. (laughs) I'm just going to laugh all the way through. (laughs) Whenever you hear laughing, it's going to be Sarah. (laughs) Whenever you hear burping, it's going to be Sam. (laughs) I was waiting for that. All right. So here's what we're going to talk about today. So if you are sitting there thinking, I really want to get started or I need to get started, whether it's building muscle, losing weight, getting stronger, and you're sitting there and you're planning and you're stewing and you're overthinking and you're waiting for the right moment and you're kind of just worried like, I don't want to mess up. Like, I don't want to mess up. So I'm going to kind of look for the best thing to do. And you keep kind of thinking that we are here to alleviate your fears because we want to let you know, you don't need to keep worrying about messing up because you 100% are going to mess up. So you can stop worrying about it. So we're going to kind of talk today about how each of us started. And I'm putting that in air quotes because there's not always like an exact definite starting point. We're just going to kind of talk through a little bit of where we've been and where, how we've gotten to where we are and how we messed up and that kind of stuff. So Sam, let's start with you. All right. Lucky number one. Uh, So like you said, I mean, I think that I started and stopped a lot of times and I'm, you know, I don't even have that much experience compared to you three. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, easy. I, I, I already. I think she just called us old. I already started. <laughs> but I think, I think for me, like I had, I had no background in lifting weights or getting in the gym, other than what, um, you know, like my sports teams kind of guided me through. Um, and after after high school and college. Um, athletics, I I was like, oh, P90X sounds great. 
oh, plyometric-based bikini workouts sound great. Um, and Did you do those in your bikini? Oh, definitely not. I did those <laughs> like sweatpants and a sweatshirt so no one at the gym would look at me. <laughs> and I wouldn't look at me. Um, but I started with these like very high-intensity um, shred, like 90-day shred programs. Pretty much like how do I get fit the fastest? And that was really what I was looking for was based on the transformation, not really based on the actual program because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and so I I actually like fucking hated it. It was so brutal. I did so many jump lunges and jump squats and like jumpy things mm. that I wanted to gouge my eyes out, you know, but I just didn't know there was another way. So um, you actually didn't enjoy the programs you were doing, but you were just like, this is what I have to do? Yeah, definitely. I, I just thought that was the way. Like I didn't know that lifting weights would change your body. And I was like, oh, just, I'm just going to run as much as possible and do a lot of jumping jacks and jump squats. And then I'll look like that girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, that lasted for, I don't know, a little while until I found lifting. Um, and even as I started lifting, I did that wrong too. Uh, wrong, air quotes, mm-hmm. because I just wasn't like efficient. I didn't know how to structure my workouts. I was doing like, just crazy things um, that probably maybe you guys listening, you're doing that right now because you don't know any different. And that's, I mean, that's where I started. And that's probably where you guys started too, is, is just not being efficient with your time spent at the gym thinking like, oh yeah, as long as I'm sweating as much as possible. And as long as I'm saying as many swear words as possible, and I have to hate myself at the end of the workout in order for it to be a good one, you know? So that was like the feeling I was chasing after was like, oh yeah, like I just got to feel like shit at the end of the workout and then it's good. Like someone has wiped the floor with you and then you'd done enough. Oh yeah. Yep. Exactly. Muscle soreness and chasing the burn like an absolute savage. Savage. Yeah. Yeah. If I wasn't sore the next day, I didn't think it was a good workout and I wanted to push harder. So then I was like, oh, maybe I have to do a little bit more cardio or maybe I have to do like 15 more jump lunges on each leg or, you know, like I just kept wanting to do more and more to keep chasing that burn and the sweat and the feelings of like, yeah, body, like die, die, fat, die. (laughs) (laughs) Like you were trying to kill the fat. I totally get what you mean. Like burn it, punish it. Yeah. I was like, can I just get a pair of scissors and just cut this shit off? Like, I totally get that. Did you ever barf? Um, I don't know if I've made myself throw up, but I've definitely gone through someone else's workout that has made me throw up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's another story. But um, yeah, I just I think I think just always chasing the more, like got to do more, got to do more. It's not enough, you know. Yeah. And tell us a bit about the evolution of how you went from there to where you are now. Um, I think for me, the biggest change is when I started talking to other people and learning from others that were in a place like more advanced than me. I think I didn't want to be vulnerable or ask questions or like just feel like I didn't know anything because it's really uncomfortable going into a space that you're already uncomfortable in asking questions about a topic you have no idea about 
Because not only do you feel like you're going to get judged for asking a wrong question, like I remember not even knowing what type of questions to ask because I just didn't know that much about the space to begin with. So um, it wasn't until a friend kind of introduced me to lifting weights that I realized, oh, wow, this is way more enjoyable. And I actually think that this might be the thing that I need to do. Um, and so for me, that shift was like, oh, having this conversation, being a little uncomfortable, actually like really uncomfortable in the weight room and starting to do a little bit of lifting um, and then evolving on my own kind of journey, doing a lot of research on like, even just through like bodybuilding.com and like looking up programs online and seeing what people are saying and all the online resources that you can get for free, YouTube, and eventually learning like, oh, wow, okay. So there's some things that you should definitely do and some things that you shouldn't. And like, for example, I think the big, the biggest thing for me was, oh, you don't need to do cardio every single time you work out. In fact, you probably shouldn't. <clears throat> and you should be training muscle groups more than once a week. That was probably the biggest um, thing I didn't do at the start. Like I would, I would train like the quote unquote bro split, which is basically for everyone listening, if you don't know what that is, it's like you do chest one day or chest and triceps one day, you do back one day, you do legs one day, you know, like abs and shoulders or however you want to break it up. But you only, you only do that muscle group one time a week. And I actually didn't even train legs for the first three years of my training because mm. I cycled, <laughs> which is fucking insane to me because now all I do is train legs, like mostly. And because uh, I was like, oh, cycling is good enough. I don't need to train legs. And I was training with a boy who he just wanted to grow his chest and shoulders and mm -hmm. upper body. And I didn't, but I didn't know that, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right, Sam, you've given us a lot to think about there. I actually have written a bunch of follow-up questions. After we go through and hear kind of everybody's beginning, I want to circle back around with, with some of the things you had to say there. Cool. Marcy, let's, let's hear from you. Tell us about kind of your start. All right. So similar to Sam, I was really active as a kid playing sports. So I remember my parents putting me in pretty much every activity you could think of, gymnastics, tap class, jazz, ballet, swim team, soccer, softball, basketball, like I did it all. So I was really active, but I would say when I reached about 10 years old, I started to gain weight. And soon after that, I began to notice it and feel really uncomfortable especially because all of my friends at the time were very thin, they could eat whatever they wanted, and I felt very separate from them. So my fitness journey started actually in the living room of my parents' house, following along to work out like aerobics tapes, so VHS tapes, if dating myself there. <laughs> I'm 35 now. I think I started when I was 12 to Kathy Smith aerobics tapes. And then for whatever reason, I don't know how I even got the money to buy this. I purchased something off the, uh, like an infomercial called the firm. So, I, I remember you saying that I loved those. <laughs> right. 
Well, and the women were ripped. Yeah. So, I don't remember the girl's name, but they had really good physiques. Yeah. And they kind of looked similar to figure competitors. They were compact. They were muscular. And at that point, it was like, that's what I want to look like. So for anyone who is not familiar with the firm, it was these two tiny plastic boxes. And then you got your own weights. And it was it was basically weight training. I don't even think there was a whole lot of cardio involved in it. So that was my first introduction to lifting. I did that. I did some other tapes um, on my own. And I don't know at what point or how old I was when I finally kind of ventured off from that. But then I got really into cardio. So I took up running on my own. And then I joined a gym with my mom. So an all women's gym. And we did a lot of classes together. So mostly step classes. And I remember always being really self-conscious about the size of my legs. And so I thought that doing these step classes, you know, with like the kickbacks and all that was going to shape my glutes. And uh, I believed in spot reduction and all that. Well, it didn't do anything. So I did a lot of those classes, a little bit of weightlifting, mostly with machines. And then when I got to high school, Maybe it was my sophomore year, but I actually took a weight training class. Again, I mean, it wasn't anything that wonderful when I look back on it in terms of what they were teaching me, but it was a starting point. And then I ended up meeting a boy, started dating him, and he and I began going to the gym together. So we did a lot of running, but we also did a little bit of lifting. And then my senior year is when... I got really into the weight training and another program that people may or may not be familiar with is body for life. So that still had, I would say it's downfalls. It was six days a week of lifting or no, excuse me, six days a week of exercising, three days of lifting, three days of interval training. And I did that and it made a pretty big difference. Um, and I also started cleaning up my diet at the time. So that was when I really got into more, I guess, progressive weight training. Uh, and then I went off to college and got even more serious about it. So, but similar to Sam, I was following the fitness magazines and everything at that time was one or two body parts per day. So you would do chest and chill or chest and triceps and, you know, back and biceps and legs. And funny too, because my legs were such a, an issue for me, I did not train them. So I probably went at least one, maybe two years just doing cardio to try and spot reduce, but then trying to build up my upper body because I really wanted to look like a figure competitor. So, so you were avoiding legs specifically. Why? Because you thought building muscle would make them bigger? Yeah. Cause I, I thought that they were going to get bigger. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I did very little leg training. And then I don't remember at what point I started to actually incorporate legs again, but uh, I became really interested in a website at the time called T Nation. And then they also had a sister site that was called, oh my gosh, I can't even remember it at this point. But that was, that site had a lot of really good information. And it's where I started teaching myself and really learning how to train properly. So that was kind of my, I guess, evolution into learning about progressive overload, you know, getting away from the body part splits and all that. So 
that's really where things kind of started to evolve for me. And then it, it went from there, which we can maybe get into later. It's awesome. so funny that you didn't train legs either. Oh, um, right? That is hilarious. What are we doing? I, <laughs> I was hanging out with a boy who just cared about his chest too much, and I... <laughs> yeah. I mean, at some point in college, I definitely started to train legs because I met a couple of bodybuilders at the gym that I went to. I actually did not go to... Well, I did occasionally, but... I joined a 24-hour fitness. So that's where I trained most of the time, not at the college rec center. And I met these two bodybuilders and they kind of took me under their wing. And I'll never forget my last day before I moved home, they had me train legs with them. And I had to do a set of a hundred reps on the leg press with no breaks in between. Uh, I'll never forget that. So wow. yes, at some point I started training legs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Your first lecture. Oh gosh, yeah, that's quite that's quite an introduction. It was Sarah, Sarah. Let's hear from you. Um, so school, I played well, obviously British sports, but like hockey, rounders, netball, all that kind of thing. And then, what the um, hell is netball? netball <laughs> I guess it's like <clears throat> like lacrosse, basketball. And <clears throat> oh, what did you say? Volleyball. No, it's like a short person's net, uh, basketball in that you have to throw a ball into a hoop and you've all Never got to throw that. That's it. Yeah, I don't know what the equivalent would be over there, actually. Huh. Not how, how, how tall is this hoop? Um, I mean, taller than me, but that's not hard. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I reckon about six foot. Height of my dad. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know what you guys would call the equivalent of it. But Nothing. We don't have anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think we have that. I'm special. Um, <laughs> but then I, in the kind of interim when I was at home, a bit like Marcy, got into doing the whole aerobic. Um, mine was Cindy Crawford, actually. So the super, all the supermodels that had the freaking... I didn't know she had one. And like doing movements on the beach and stuff with all the kind of stuff that I had. And of course, doing that, you were looking at these women's bodies going, oh my God, why do my white, funny looking legs not look like they're like six foot, you know, bronze, beautiful, like, and you're like, what the hell? But obviously in your mind, when you're kind of young and impressionable, you're like, yep, if I do this workout, that's exactly what my <laughs> like. I'm gonna get jacked and tan. And tan. <laughs> My skin's gonna change color, like it's all life's all gonna come together. Um, and then my boobs there, are gonna grow. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. Um, and then from there, I kind of dabbled for many years just with doing cardio, as a lot of us do, because it was the safe option. You kind of you don't really need to speak to anyone, you can just kind of go and do it. Um, and then I kind of got into this, I actually did a flight because I was still um for anyone that doesn't know I used to be a flight attendant or cabin crew and I did a flight with a girl and we were talking about going to the gym when we were on this trip and she was like she's she was doing bodybuilding competitions and she kind of started talking to me about like lifting weights and that kind of sparked my interest a little bit so 
I continued doing cardio a bit, cardio for a bit, but then started doing like bits of research into weightlifting. And then one of the personal trainers at the gym that I was going to at the time got talking to me about it. And I decided that I was going to give it a go, but I didn't, I just kind of got like, I can't even remember the name. It might've been Jack, Jackton something magazine, which was obviously full of, full of all the fitness models. And I was like, yep, okay, I'm down with looking like that. So I just kind of started following their, you know, mega advanced um, weightlifting, like um, plans that were in these magazines. Um, and kind of, I think I did my first training session, weightlifting training session in a gym in Nairobi. Um, which was a bit random because all the weights were rusty and there was some dude who kept trying to come and help me. And I was like, nope, I'm fine. I know exactly what I'm, I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, and then I kind of just kept doing it. Like I went back to the gym that I was going to at home and kind of progressively edged my way into the weight room and kind of got a little bit braver um, just to go in and try new things. Um, and did that for a year or so. And really that's when I started to notice the change in my body is like, and realized that I'd been spinning my wheels for however long doing constant cardio. And actually that this was the thing that was actually making, making the change. But of course me being me, and I wasn't a very happy bunny at the time, I had to take it to extremes. So I then went into down the whole route of competing which is just a whole different beast altogether when it comes to training. Um, yeah. But we can probably, I don't know, go into that in. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So interestingly enough, um, my story has some similarities to all three of yours, starting with the fact that I, um, I desperately wanted to train legs, but I did not because I was also working with a guy who wanted to build his chest and his arms. So it's really interesting. So and I could start my story in a million different places. Being the oldest one here, I've had a lot of beginnings and a lot of screw-ups. And I was never an athlete growing up, ever, ever an athlete. Nobody would have ever possibly confused me with an athlete. I always worried about my weight. Um, from the time I can remember, like in high school, I always wanted to lose weight. Just always did. I was always looking for some scheme, plot, ploy to make that happen. Um, and every diet under the sun tried it gained weight, lost weight, was obese, eventually lost a lot of that in my early 40s. So I'm going to tell you about the beginning of kind of this last big episode in my life. We had a friend living with us, a young kid. He was 20 and his name was Nate and he needed to be kept out of trouble. And that was my job was to keep him out of trouble. And I was the one home. Everyone else was, everyone else. You're a troublemaker, Kim. (laughs) That's ridiculous. I am not a troublemaker. So, you know, my husband's at work, my kids are at school. Here's him and I, and he worked, but he worked at a restaurant at nights. And so I was like, okay, what am I going to do with this kid? And I found out he liked bodybuilding. So I'm like, okay, we're going to go to my gym. So I was his ride to the gym and really like days after we started since, you know, it was the beginning of the year, it was January. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to restart again. And he came up to me. He's like, what are you trying to do anyway? And <laughs> I was like, and you know, he was 20 and he did not approach this in the way like a nice, that somebody like a, a more mature person would. And I told him, I'm like, you know, well, I'm trying to not be fat. And I was kind of annoyed and he didn't get that. And he's like, well, you're doing it all wrong. 
So, you know, really super kind there. And so, but I was at a point in my life where I felt really kind of desperate. And since he offered help, he's like, well, you know, why don't you start lifting with me? And I did. And that was the first experience I had with somebody teaching me anything about lifting weights other than P90X because I had done P90X. So everything I knew about weightlifting was from P90X at that point. Not a great source of information. So um, we did the whole bro routine. We did chest and biceps multiple times a week. Um, and we only did legs when I would request. And so kind of like every 10 days or so, I'd be like, hey, could we maybe possibly do something with the bottom half of our body? <laughs> and um, at the same time, since he lived in my house, he saw what I ate and he called me out on it. And he was like, you eat practically nothing when we sit down for meals because I would get these like little dinky portions of pasta. And he's like, but I see what you're eating otherwise. Like I was always in the pantry eating cookies, right? Fooling myself thinking like, I don't eat that much because I'd sit down at the table and I'd like eat nothing. And he's like, you need to start eating meat. You need to start eating vegetables and you just need to eat and you need to stay out of that stupid snack pantry. And so we did the whole, um, <laughs> cheat meal thing. So like we'd had cheat meals on the weekend and I ate clean throughout the week. So I was totally into the whole, we're eating clean and we have a cheat meal and we're doing the bro split. And I did that for a solid three months. I definitely, I looked totally like a different person by the end of that time. Um, but I had also developed a really unhealthy relationship with food at this point. Mm -hmm. um, he moved to California and I continued on my own and luckily, the book I happened to stumble across at the library was Strong Curves by Brett Contreras. It had just come out. And that was like the first program I put myself on. And that was a really lucky break on my part. I could have found all kind of stuff and nonsense. And I stumbled upon somebody who actually knew what he was talking about. And that was an amazing thing for me. Um, but I, too, then at that point decided, you know, I started following all these bodybuilders on social media. And I was like, I'm going to be a bodybuilder. And um, you know, that just seemed like the natural thing because I, I liked lifting. And um, my chiropractor's wife was um, worked in her, his office and she had me convinced that the reason I was not losing, I was lean, but I wanted to get leaner. And she, she was a former competitor, a bikini competitor. And she had me completely convinced that my problem was that I ate fruit and I put brown sugar on my oatmeal oh in the middle, in the morning. God. And so she's like, you've got to stop eating fruit and you've got to stop putting that tablespoon of brown sugar on your oatmeal. And so I was like, okay, that, that's what I'm going to have to do. That's the secret to fat loss, guys. <laughs> no, <laughs> no brown sugar. You hear that? One oh, tablespoon no. is too much. I don't care how clean you're eating. <laughs> so. I'm going to sprinkle brown sugar on your bed sheets tonight, Kim. <laughs> and so that's what I did. And so I kind of went way down the whole super restrictive point at that point. I started getting online coaching from Erin Stern, who's a, um, she's a two-time Miss Olympia. And so I was really super restrictive with my diet. Um, and that's kind of the route I went for several years. So um, that's incredible. Yeah, that's kind of my beginning for this time. So, you know, Sam brought up a good point. She said that um, it was hard for her to know what to ask. And I think going along with it, I think there are two problems that people have in the beginning with getting help. I was on the phone with, um, with a client yesterday who's, who said to me, 
it's really hard for her. She feels like she's built this amazing team of people who could help her, but she feels really ashamed that she has to ask for help with this because she should just know how to eat. She's like, this is ridiculous. She's like, why am I a 48 year old woman? And somebody has to help me to know how to eat. I think there is this sense of like, I should know how to do this. This is like a natural human thing, right? So I'd love to hear each of you kind of talk. What would you say to somebody who feels that way? Sarah, let's start with you. So the thing that people need to, I always kind of say to my clients is, yeah, perhaps you should know, but what you need to realize is that all of the stuff on like how you were brought up, um, like all your relationships around you, your environment, school, everything, everything that has ever happened to you has had an influence on kind of how you are now. And if you were never really grounded with good, solid eating habits, healthy eating habits, and were kind of you know, taught, you know, the difference between all of the different nutrition things, there really is no good reason why you would know. If it's never been something that you've actually been taught or been around, so if at home no one in your family eats healthy, why why would you think that you would? Like as parents, you know that what you're demonstrating to your kids is stuff that they're picking up on. So if, if your parents didn't demonstrate to you kind of how to eat and no one throughout your life, because you've always just carried on on that same pattern, there is like, we may have expectations that we get to age 48 and we should be able to know how to just eat. But the reality of it is that your clients, some of my clients, I'm sure Sam and Marcy's clients, exactly the same, is that they've put this expectation on themselves without realizing, kind of thinking back to the bigger picture and all of the influences that could have impacted. And you only know what you know. You only know what you've kind of picked up. So I think, you know, to your client, I would just say like, you need to just remove the guilt and the shame and just be okay with now taking control of the situation and saying, do you know what? I don't know that, but I want to know it. So from here on in, this is what I'm going to do, which is obviously what she's doing now because she's, she's reached out to you. But the frustration and the embarrassment, it's not just your client. Like this, I'm sure people listening to this will 100% relate to it because the number of times I hear it is like I should just be able to well yeah there's a lot of things that we all should just be able to if we'd all been brought up in these ideal kind of situations and and well educated and you know whatever and we we all weren't so and I think it's one of the things that keeps people from getting help is because they are embarrassed they're embarrassed that how did I get here like why don't I know how to just walk around and eat like, you know, and they kind of think that everybody else does. Well, it's not even true. Not, there's so many people out there struggling with the same thing and there's this sense of shame. And so the people, people don't even want to ask for help. And you guys, that's also us. Like we, with anything that we don't know or something that we need help with, like for example, uh, if I didn't know, actually this happened to me. I didn't know when I was younger, I got stung by a bee. Right, and I, and I didn't know what a bee was. It was on the window, 
and I touched it. I like put my finger through the stinger and I didn't know because I was just like, oh, I want to touch this thing. And I stung myself and the bee was sticking out of my finger. And my mom's like, you should have known that was a bee. Like it was going to sting you. But I didn't know it was going to sting me. And it's like, I didn't know what I didn't know. So how could I have known that? Although I felt in that moment, I should have known that the bee was going to sting, but I didn't know. So it's like, in the same way, like, I could tell all of you guys, like, I know I have to stick to my calories or I should be going to the gym or I should meditate, but I don't do it. Like there's a difference between knowing you should do something and actually doing it. And that's what also makes us human. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Marcy, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, well, you know, like you were saying, trying to separate yourself from feeling shameful about it because like, I will be honest, I never felt embarrassed to ask for help. At least I don't remember. And you know, it may be because it was so long ago and I'm just not aware anymore of having those feelings. But when I was feeling overwhelmed and embarrassed and didn't know where to start, the first person I reached out to was my mom because who else am I going to talk to? You know, friends, my friends weren't talking about this stuff. They didn't have the problem. And this was more than 20 years ago at this point. There wasn't the internet, you know, there wasn't Instagram and Facebook. Uh, there were fitness magazines. And I don't really think at that point I was getting my information for the, from those. But yeah, so I went to ask my mom and she said, oh, well, cut out sugar. And then it was, you know, cut out fat. And, and really I just saw her as an example, you know, and kind of followed along in her footsteps doing the cabbage soup diet and, you know, all of these things. So yeah, you just, you cannot feel bad about it. Um, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> Because there are going to be so many varying opinions, you know, and there is so much information, even more than when we were all getting started. And it's hard to know what's right when all of this different, different information is coming at you. And even looking back on my journey, you know, I worked with, like I said, I started with just information from my mom who then told me to start Weight Watchers. And that eventually led into me getting information from this woman I took a class from in high school, who was the person who introduced me to that Body for Life program. And then from there, you know, I started to find people who knew more and kind of guided me on the right path. But in the beginning, just like Sam said, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And when there is so much information out there, it's like, how do you know what's right? How do you know what's wrong? It's, it's really difficult. So, but you can't feel bad about it. You know? you know what though? That actually brings up a really interesting point. I don't know if you guys have thought about this, but like the fact that everything that exists in the world right now is an opinion. Like even, totally. history, even the world war two, like that's an opinion. Like someone wrote about world war two, right. And like wrote it down in their perspective. And it's the same way. Like, if anyone's writing about muscle hypertrophy, trying to gain muscle, like it's an opinion. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's science backed by it, 
but it's still like you're taking science and writing it out. So that's right. going to have your lived experience, how you grew up, the language you were exposed to, like so many factors. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at Which, the end of the day, I think it's like getting as many varied opinions and then starting to create your own view of what's best based on like science-based, you know, like facts, you know? Yeah. And figuring out what works for you. Right. And that's a big part of it. You know, so I think a couple of the key things then are like, if you do feel the shame of like, why do I just not know how to eat for my body to be at a healthy weight? you know, talk back to yourself about that and say like, this is where I'm at and this is okay. And not everybody does know this. I think, um, your point there, Sam, about, you know, getting other people's opinions, like looking for like, what does the body of evidence say might work here and then asking for help. And I think that the question of like, I don't even know what to ask is a really valid one. And so I think who just said this? what works for me. That's what I, Marcy, I think Marcy, that was yeah. you like looking for like what works for you and what fits in your life is a really important thing to keep in mind. I think what I'd like to do here is to kind of go around and talk about if, if we were going to give somebody who's listening a really small first step, just a really small first step. Let's do like, let's go around first and do a really small first step for nutrition and then a really fall small first step for fitness so that people could have something actionable be like, all right, here's a first step to get started because you're right. You don't know even what to ask unless you have a place to start. So um, I'm going to go first. I'll go first with nutrition. So my suggestion for a, a first step would be to spend um, at least a week just tracking what you eat, like just write it all down. You can use a pen and paper. You could use my fitness pal and just see like, what do I eat? And just to become aware, just to have a sense of like, this is what I put in my body. Sam, let's go to you. Um, and then I would say following that week, um, depending on what you kind of see, starting to incorporate some more veggies. So assess how many veggies you're eating. So say a serving is like a, a palm, a palmful, like a fistful, um, add two to that number. So right now, if you're eating zero veggies, add two fistfuls. If you're eating three servings of veggies, add two fistfuls. So just start with where you are and add, add veggies to each meal. Nice. I like the idea of starting where you are. Marcy, let's go to you. I'm all about that protein for sure. <laughs> I <laughs> gains. Uh, if Because looking back when I was a kid, I had such a low protein diet. And I think, you know, the only protein I was really getting was maybe at dinner. Like my dad made oatmeal for me or I ate cereal. I don't really remember having protein throughout my day. And I'm sure I was hungry. I'm sure I remember though, like getting really moody and, uh, feeling kind of lightheaded and shaky. And my mom always saying, Oh, your blood sugar is probably low. And I didn't really know what that meant. I only could attribute it to the way I was feeling and I didn't realize, or I didn't know, okay, well, what is going to help my blood sugar? So she would give me things like cheese and crackers and fruit and stuff like that. <laughs> So, I mean, cheese has a little bit of protein, but not really. So I think that if I had protein in all of my meals, I would have more stable energy throughout the day. Uh, you know, my hunger would probably be better. I would, wouldn't be craving the, the candy and the junk food and all of that. So I think from a hunger and energy management standpoint, protein with every meal is the way to go. Nice. Sarah, how about you? First step nutrition-wise. Mm. 
Um, to get somebody to actually, when they're about to put something into their mouth, ask themselves, why am I eating this? So starting to actually really tune into, is this like a hunger thing that I am eating for? Or am I just about to snack on this just for the sake of it? So just trying to get people to tune into their bodies a little bit more because like I think everyone not everyone that's a huge exaggeration but a lot of people have totally and utterly lost the ability to be able to say yep yeah, you know I'm hungry so I'm gonna have something to eat oh yeah I'm pleasantly full so I'm gonna stop right there and I think like that's a skill that needs to be developed by everyone because that's essentially your you know, the thing that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. And in any situation, if you're tuned into that, you can manage what you're eating. Fantastic. So I think people just hearing that, starting with any one of those things or a combination of them is going to give you a place to go from and a place to start gathering questions in your mind to be like, okay, what next? What now? Really like that. So let's do the same thing for exercise fitness advice. Um, Marcy, let's start with you. What's a, a good first step you would give to somebody? I know what she's going to say. You do? Who knows what I'm going to say? Why don't you answer for me? <laughs> Sarah, what is Marcy going to say? I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down and you can show us on it. It's not even fair. I do it. Okay. Oh, that's what she's going to say. Okay. I can't I even see it. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Go for your walks, people. Yep, Sarah was right. Um, I wish that I would have known about that, gosh, so much sooner than I did. Me too. Because, I mean, running, I thought that cardio was the end-all, be-all of getting in shape, and it was exhausting. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I hated it. In the beginning, I hated it, and then I kind of started to like it, but I got injured, and so I stopped. But walking was not even a concept to me. Although I will say this, when I graduated from high school, I had, you know, lost weight, was feeling a lot better. And I was also very strict with my diet at that time. And when I went off to school, nothing changed. So I wasn't, at that point, I wasn't restricting or over restricting I was keeping up with my same workout schedule, but I was walking all over campus, like walking all day long. And most people gained the freshman 15. I lost 10 pounds just kind of naturally. And I think it was just because of that increased, you know, non-exercise activity. I wasn't trying to see it as exercise, but just getting that extra movement really helps to, I guess, you know, burn more calories. But from a fitness standpoint, I think walking is the easiest thing to do is that really like low barrier of entry. And I had a client start with me recently and she was telling me she was getting, you know, maybe 2000 steps a day. So rather than start her off with weight training or anything like that, I said, first habit, you're just going to go for a 20 or 30 minute walk every single day. That's it. Um, yeah, because you can do it anywhere. It's effortless. It's easier on your body. And it's such a good tool for, for stress relief too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Love that. I find that. Sarah, let's go to you next. Um, 
So I would say, so say if we were, somebody was kind of at the point where they felt that they were ready to step inside a gym, mm -hmm. I would say either find yourself somebody that has a really simple, simple program available online. So Google like basic weight training compound training program or something something like that i don't even know if that makes or sense. look at our instagram yeah yeah don't do that <laughs> totally follow her advice but go to one of our instagrams and take one of our free programs <laughs> yeah and basically start small like you need to remember that you are not a professional bodybuilder you're not training for mr and mrs olympia yet and if you want to do that fine but I think too many people get too kind of overfazed by looking at all of the kind of like fitness model things that are splattered everywhere saying, go and go and do this and do 500, you know, bicep curls and all the rest of it to blow your biceps up. When actually what your main focus needs to be is just to take basic moves to get strong. So master the basic movement patterns and then progressively add weight in so that you start to get stronger over time. And it doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't need to be long. Um, and also make sure you spend some time watching form videos. Um, I know you guys, like Kim, I think you've got quite a lot of um, form videos and stuff on YouTube. So just, just make sure, don't just walk into the gym and start copying what everyone else is doing in there. Because unfortunately, a lot of the time, you're gonna be copying people that really I haven't got a clue what they're kind of doing. Um, so go into the gym kind of like armed and ready with a nice basic program and then focus on body weight first and then adding weights in slowly but surely. Love it. Sam, what do you have to add? Um, well, similar to Marcy, I think that when I have, a, I've actually just had a new client um, come to me who was struggling. We had, we had her working um, working out twice a week and she just couldn't do it. It was like too much of a barrier to entry for her. Um, so I brought her down to just doing something every day um, and having it not be such a, a big mental block to start it. So what I mean by that for people listening is like the easier something is to start and just do it, the more likely you are to do it. And so for her, she saw her workouts as like this big ordeal. Like she had to gain all this energy and like, she's like, oh my God, I have to like carve out all this time and whatever. So instead of doing just twice a week and not even doing it twice a week, I was like, you're just going to go on a five minute walk every day, like only five minutes, which is nothing. People walk five minutes from their car to the store, you know? Um, and so what I'm a huge, huge strategy that I like to use myself and with clients is printing out a calendar um, or buying a hanging calendar, whatever you want to do, putting it on the wall and dedicating five to 10 minutes for yourself doing something relating to movement. So it could be walking, it could be some body weight squats, it could be push ups on an incline, like on your bed. You could do this at home, um, you could do planks, anything but accumulate five to 10 minutes of work. Um, it doesn't need to be anything crazy. And it's more to just build it into your life as a habit because once you just tell yourself, oh, it's only five minutes, 
you actually will probably surprise yourself and exceed those five minutes on some days when you're feeling extra motivated. But on the days that you don't feel motivated, it's like, I don't want to do anything more than five minutes. But at least if you just do the five minutes, you're like, all right, I did it. It feels good. You can check it off, mark the X in the calendar. And it really gives you like that positive affirmation that you did something, you stuck to it, you followed through, and that you are capable of continuing on. So I think a lot of us, myself included, like get super excited and motivated at the start. You're like all gung-ho. You see these fitness girls. You're like, I want a butt like hers. I'm going to crush this, you know, and you get all excited and you go in the gym for like an hour and then you do it again the next day and the next day. And then something happens and you fall off track and then, well, you shit, you're, you're on the floor. You're like, nope, screw the gym. What's the gym? Oh, that I have a gym membership. Oh, I pay $80 a month for a gym membership I don't use. And so myself included, like I think, um, buying all this fancy equipment, getting a gym membership, doing all the things, avoiding the actual thing, you know, like taking in all the content and actually not acting on it mm-hmm. is a lot of the issue at the start. So just do something for five minutes a day. Um, Love that. Yeah. Love can that. I, can I add a little something to that? Sure thing. No. Um, not, <laughs> not so much in the standpoint or from the standpoint of, you know, just doing a little something every day, which I love by the way, but not letting perfect be the enemy of good in this situation. So again, referring to a client who had worked with me for a couple of months was not able to be consistent. So she took some time away from coaching. Well, she's now back and she's really, really struggling to get started again. And she has experience doing CrossFit and heavy lifting, you know, working with barbells, all of that. And I think that she's also, you know, been listening to what I say about what is the most effective form of strength training, which, you know, is going to be barbells, dumbbells, progressive overload, all of that. And then doing a little bit of research on her own. So she sent me a text last night and she said, Hey, can you answer this question for me? You know, my mindset right now is that I have to be going to my big box gym and doing workouts with heavy weights, with barbells, and that just doing dumbbell workouts in my apartment isn't going to get me the results that I want. Like it's basically not worth it if I can't do the full, like really hard workout. And I said, you're a smart girl. Like, let's take a step back and really think about that logically. Do you think that just because you can't do the most intense workout that sitting on your ass doing nothing is going to be better than that? Like, no, just do something. If it's apartment gym workouts for right now, until you can get the momentum to get back into the gym, or, you know, it's, that fits your schedule, whatever the, the issue may be, um, you know, just do what you can at this point because something is always better than nothing. And I think a lot of people too, you know, they start out uh, at a point that they are not yet ready for and whether they injure themselves, whether they get so sore, they're like, fuck this, you know, I don't want to come back. That can be really demotivating. So start small and work your way up from there. Like just because we're posting workouts, you know, back squatting with, with barbells or, you know, doing really intense workouts doesn't mean that that has to be your starting point right off the bat. Oh, it should be. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Love all of that. You know, building on that with the idea of starting small, my advice, I mean, you guys have said amazing things, but just one thing, if you are super intimidated by the gym, um, if you can afford to hire a trainer for even just a session or two to physically in person, walk you through some things, it's fantastic. And knowing that you don't have to commit to somebody for a long period of time, just to kind of show you around, help you figure out where things are and help you get started. Alternatively, if that's not where you're at and the gym super intimidates you, something I have a, a client currently doing because she is just so scared of the gym, even though she kind of knows what to do there, she's done it before, she feels people are judging her. And so her, her assignment is to go to the gym and get on a piece of cardio equipment and just watch for a bit. And then after she's done her cardio, she has to do, she has a training plan written and she's going to one by one add the exercises on. So she's going to do her cardio and then she's going to get off and she's just going to do the squats. She's just going to do one set of squats and then she's going to leave if she doesn't feel comfortable. And then she's going to keep adding it on to the point where she feels, okay, today I'm going to do two sets of squats. And if it takes her a couple of weeks to just get through the sets of squats, that's where she's going to go. Um, because again, the idea is you just need to start and she's going to be able to build her confidence there. And so that's what I would suggest if you really have that feeling of like, everybody's looking at me and I'm in here and I don't know what I'm doing. Get really confident in one thing. Mm. Yeah. Love that. Start with the easiest thing. Yeah. If that's walking, if that's doing push-ups, start with what you're good at. Yeah. yeah. I actually yeah. had a client just um, literally just go to the gym, walk in the gym door do a walk into the changing rooms, a quick walk down into the gym and then leave. And he did that for like a week, just to kind of week or two, I think it was, just to get him into the, first of all, the habit of just going to the gym. And second of all, to kind of take away some of that mental like anxiety and resistance about actually what goes on in the gym. Cause you always blow things out of your mind. Like, a hundred percent so sometimes you just need to go and gently ease yourself into it to see it's not so big and scary <laughs> absolutely absolutely fantastic advice ladies okay anybody else have any parting words they'd like to say before we wrap up here i have a question for you kim okay you know how you had your um your family friend nate living mm -hmm. with you right mm -hmm. and you talked about you feeling like you had tried everything and so what the hell might as well um can you talk more about that moment of like just being humbled to the to the fact of like all right this 20 year old kid is gonna teach me something and i'm in whatever however you old or like 40 or something i think i was 43 yeah and just like humbling yourself to that because i think every a lot of people listening are probably in the age range of, I don't know, 20 to 60, let's just say. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone has different starting points. And no matter where you are along in your process, I think it always feels like it's too late to start. No matter what, like no matter if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, it doesn't matter. Um, it always feels like, fuck, I should have started earlier. And I think we all probably feel that way. Like, oh, I should have yeah. started lifting weights earlier. I should have started training my legs earlier. Like, yeah. you know, I should have I I started doing some research on my own. And like, but you know, it is what it is. So 
Can you talk to us about that point? Sure, absolutely. I think for me, it had it was just such a low point in my life because I had lost so much weight and had seen it coming back again. I think I had just kind of hit a low, but I don't think a person has to wait to hit. I think I kind of was at rock bottom and I don't think you have to wait for that. I think you can just choose it. I think you can just choose and say like, deep breath, I'm going to let somebody teach me something I'm going to, I'm going to let it happen. And that's at that moment, I was just like, what do I have to lose? Like (laughs) this, nothing I've tried is working. And so if you feel like nothing you've tried is working, you know, just giving it a go again can be hard. Like it's hard to be like, really, am I really going to do this again? But committing fully and just saying like, okay, I'm not going to half it. I'm just going to do it. Mm. And knowing, and knowing you don't have to wait till you feel as bad as I did. And just knowing that you can choose this moment being like, this is going to be my moment to start. This is it. Yeah. I love that. It's like the word conviction. uh, I've been using a lot with, with my clients. I don't know if you guys use that word, but I had a client recently. She gave up something for Lent. So whatever, 40 days. No, I think it was like uh, no packaged goods or no chocolate or something. She did it. She did it with ease. As soon as the 40 days was over, she struggled again with other stuff. And I was like, why did you successfully do Lent? Like you got through 40 days of telling yourself you couldn't have something and you managed it and you didn't freak out. And we kind of came to the conclusion that it was in her head, right? Like she went into Lent with conviction, like, all right, I'm freaking doing this. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean that you need to be perfect every day, but she went into it like, okay, this is my time. Like I'm freaking going. And so for everyone out there, like, it's not like you need to give out chocolate. It's not like we're actually talking about Len here, but like <laughs> fucking go do it and stop talking about it. You know, like at a certain yeah. point, your fucking excuses are going to get in the way, you know, like at a certain point, that resistance and the feeling of not feeling good or not looking, not liking at how you look like that's, that's going to build up and create some type of action. So you know, do you have to wait till you hit rock bottom and feel like you've given it every single shot in every, every place? Maybe, you know, but at at some point that resistance is going to push you to make, to take some action. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I think that's our word of the day. I think we should end there. Conviction. Conviction. Stop just sitting around thinking about it. Make a choice. Make it happen. Yeah. That's what we're ending on. Conviction. Conviction, baby. Let's go. Conviction, bitches. Conviction. Yeah. All right, Sam, you have to stop the recording. Oh, yeah, shit. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We know that life is crazy and time is precious and we really do appreciate you spending your time with us. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic table together. We love you. We appreciate you. And we can't wait to hear what you think of this week's episode. Four women, one mission. We are the Decades of Strength. Sam, Marcy, Sarah, and Kim. 
Catch you right back here for our next episode.